Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. You know what? Sometimes I love when you get to reconnect. Have you ever reconnected with people that you may not have spoken to in a while or may have impacted your life or maybe have helped you impact other people's lives? And I mean, we all have those friends where you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in a long time, but we get back together and it's like nothing ever changed. And I just love that today is going to be that. We are going to enhance your ability to trust and believe in something that goes beyond the fitness and something that actually helps with your fitness. And that is your mental fitness. This is something that I talk about all the time. And we are here with the hosts of the Fitness Podcast, Mr. Zach and Jeremy. They've been on the show before. I still wanted to give them an introduction because they're awesome and amazing. They feel like my brothers that I've never met before. Wow. Zach Tucker is a wellness enthusiast and certified yoga and insanity instructor who is dedicated to helping people achieve their wellness goals. He believes that there is no one size fits all approach to wellness and is passionate about sharing his personal journey and the tools that have helped him. Jeremy Grader has spent the past decade experimenting with various wellness tools to improve his mental health and lose 70 pounds. He has a background in broadcasting and podcasting spanning two decades and is now a certified REBT mindset life coach. Together, they are the founders and hosts of the Fit Mess podcast. For nearly a decade, they have pushed themselves to learn more about their own physical, emotional, and mental health. This has created a passion for using their acquired knowledge to help others. As the host of the Fitness Podcast since 2017, they have had the opportunity to speak to a wide range of guests, including yours truly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Including some of the biggest names in the health and wellness industry. I will not pat myself on the back. I just, you know what I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. You, you, you might be the top of the list. Right, you might I mean, saying. you know what I'm saying? We only strive for the best around here. Somebody say it again. No, no, no. What's up? Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Guys, welcome back to the show. Dude, thank you so yeah. much. It is such a thrill and honor to be here again. I, I can't believe we're doing this again. I love it. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank you so much for having us. First of all, like, you know, a lot of times when I 
have guests on the show. It's more of me interviewing them. But I feel like this is that one episode that we can just chat it up because we are all aligned on so many different levels. But I will start off with a question or just like a, a topic because I don't want to ask each individual ones of your questions. So let's talk about our transition from physical health being, you know, the pillar of strength to how we kind of like, you know, melded our lives into being like, you know what? Mental health is actually the driving force behind the movement and the longevity of what we're doing. Uh, I mean, just for my experience, I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of credit for that because it wasn't until I did your, uh, I believe Transform 20 was the first one that I that I did and completed first, you know, one of those programs I've ever completed. But it was, it was the first time that I really connected with a trainer beyond, you know, jump this high, lift that much, run over there. Like you taught me how to dig, dig deep. It's, you know, one of your things, but it, it taught me how to go inside and find that pain and use it to push me forward and, and to process it. Right. Cause so many times it just lingers inside. It rattles around in your head and you, it turns into all the stories and the terrible things you say about yourself and all the ways you talk down to yourself. And when you can get to the root of that, we can get to that, that feeling, the emotion and move it through lifting heavy things and throwing heavy things and running and sweating it out. Man, the relief, it's been months since I have had a voice in my head that said, you suck, you're not good enough. Oh, I can't believe you did that again. Like the feeling still comes up, but I, but through using physical movement, I have put that voice away. It doesn't exist in my head anymore. And it was through working with you, you know, and, and your online programs. That's why that, that's what opened the door for me was figuring out that this, does, this isn't just about you know, get ripped, bro. This is about so much more than that. Thanks. You know, it's so funny because currently I'm training to do a physique competition, which is based on obviously like your physique. It's more of an art to me personally, but every day in the gym, I'm like lifting these weights, guys. I'm like, what is happening? And most of the time I now go into my workouts feeling like I'm about to do insanity. I'm like, this is absolutely outrageous. I'm blessed to be able to actually train with my coach and my trainer six days a week. So, you know, I'm not going at this alone and I'm being guided, which I think is really good for, it's good for my mental health by way of, you know, I'm constantly learning to be a student and to be guided just because of my life. I am like set a lot of times to be the leader. But with that said, you know, today I was doing this exercise where I'm holding a front raise dumbbell and I'm doing a side raise with the other one. I was like, how am I going to get through this? Because this is this is terrible. Like if I left <laughs> it up to my body, I'm, I'm like, this is not going to happen. So then I actually closed my eyes and I just was just like, these are the things you need to focus on and and motivating myself from within. Whereas before when I used to run track and I'm on my seventh 400 you know, with a minute and 30 second rest in between, I'm like, I don't even want to do this, you know? So you change that talk, that self-talk mm -hmm. and it just like, it really changes everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm so curious absolutely. about your bodybuilding routine. Uh, I've, I've been following that lately. I'm, I'm curious how that's affected your training philosophy. I mean, I have to imagine it's, it's more lifting maybe than you did in the past where so much of your, of your programs are very like, uh, high energy, a lot of running, a lot of jumping, that kind of stuff. Has has that changed for you through this process? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a completely... I, for the month of April, once I finished filming my last, just most recent uh, workouts, which is T25, Delta, and B25, <laughs> I literally just started cardio on Saturday. So it was a month where I did not do a lick of cardio, which for people out there who live and breathe and think that, you know, they feel like if they don't do cardiovascular exercise, their weight is going to blow up and all this stuff. And it, it wasn't necessarily hard for me to do, but I just kind of was like standing in a moment and just the science behind what happens to your body when you're pushing weight. I will say I did that because it's part of my preparation, right? I'm not, I'm telling people you should do cardiovascular exercise, 30 minutes, at least three to three to five times a week if you want for cardiovascular health, like, you know, overall health, very important, but it was a good eye opener for me because I'm just like, I'm just as strong. I'm staying fit. I'm actually getting leaner. I'm getting more muscular. And then when I did do my first bout of cardio, I, I didn't lose anything because I'm, I'm still training hard, but that's just kind of like a cliff note version of an example of changing over to doing something different, I can carry the same mindset, but it also changes and helps you grow in areas of doubt where you otherwise would have, you know, just like the science behind fitness. Like if you turn on, I mean, now my Instagram algorithm brings me to people who lift weights a lot, but you know, before <laughs> yeah. it's like you turn it on, everybody's doing cardio, 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 cardio. And so just the combination has been Great. I mean, Zach, what about you? I mean, I want to know how your transition has been from that body to that mind. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. I know when I first started working out, like at, at one point in my life, I was like almost 300 pounds and it was very physical. Like it was just slogging through and getting it done. And and like Jeremy, like you were you were part of it. That's where I found insanity. Um but for me now, like there's, there's kind of two aspects, like that physical part of it. Uh, you mentioned the mindset of getting through it, right? I take that with me. Like when I'm in the gym lifting heavy things or doing something that's really hard, like I just tell myself, look, you can get through this. And then this is practice for all those other things in your life that are really hard too. like, you know, dealing with my anxiety, dealing with people I don't like, dealing with all the things that life hits me with, right? This is just practice. and you know, your body's going to look better. That's one aspect to it. But I've said so many times to Jeremy and to everyone on the show, I don't think I realized how important physical movement was to, as the foundation of my mental health. So now like when I'm not moving my body, when I'm not creating the chemicals in my brain, when I'm not having that confidence, that success that, you know, got something done today, uh, that win, my mental health actually goes down significantly. And I, now I go to the gym, I do the physical things because, you know, Hey, I want my body to look good, but more importantly, it's the fuel and it's the foundation for my mental health. It makes all of those other battles that I have with my anxiety, my depression, my self-worth, my confidence, you know, my imposter syndrome, like all of that stuff is so much easier because I go lift heavy things for an hour every morning. I love that. So what do you guys feel about talk therapy? Because I just, the reason why I say that is I know so many people, even people who hear about it or I talk about it with often, it's like one of those things where people hear about talk therapy, they're like, they're with it, but they don't really 
take the time to do it because me personally, and I'm not judging <laughs> your opinion, but me personally, like that enhances it all because it's my time to basically get everything out to hear myself speak, to not be judged. And full disclosure, I just believe that men have a much tougher time with seeking that out and being okay with it. So where are you guys at with that? Full disclosure, I had to I had to cancel my appointment with my therapist to be here right now. So. <laughs> well, I'll be your therapist for the next forty minutes. It's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I I am a huge advocate for it. I think it is uh, I think it is critical, especially for men, because there isn't a space for men to to do this. I I shouldn't say there isn't. Men don't perceive the space, and it's not always welcome for for men to have feelings and to share them with people. Uh, so if there is a place where you can go in and someone literally, literally just holds up a mirror and tells you what they hear when you speak, it helps you hear it differently. It helps you get it out. For me, one of the most transformative pieces of therapy that I've experienced is, you know, you start typically going weekly or a few times a week. And as things kind of calm down, you get to a good space. Maybe you're going once a month, that sort of thing. My favorite part is when I see on the calendar, oh, I got to talk to my therapist in a few days. What am I going to talk to him about? So before I even walk in the door, it's a reminder to do the work, right? Where do I, where do I need to dig deep? What's going on? What's inside me that I'm going to walk in so I don't waste his time, don't waste my time. I'm going to go to all this effort. And so you already start the wheels turning and you start thinking about, oh, is that even a problem? Is that still bugging me? Eh, not really. I don't need to bring that. You can pay, just be done with it. Move it on. So I just think, you know, I think Zach says this all the time. My wife says this all the time. We wish that when you were born, you were assigned a therapist that just walked you through life and had had that space for you to to vent those feelings and to get that stuff out and to be able to just sort of stay invested in the work to keep to keep your head right now this might <laughs> this is gonna sound funny or what it might sound whatever way but you guys know me so you get my humor and you get where <laughs> i'm coming from so you guys are heterosexual males right like both of you mm -hmm. i'm a gay guy who grew up gay like you know i've had these I don't want to say like us gay guys are more emotional, but you know, we just had, we went through a lot of stuff when we were younger. And yeah. I find that a lot of gay men have a much easier time, a lot have much easier, like, oh, I'm going to therapy or they like, they they talk about things a little more. And then like a lot of my straight guy friends are like, uh, you know, they like kind of suppress it. Was there ever a time where you we're like, oh, I'm not going to therapy. I don't need that. Or were you always open to it? I'll, I need the real low down. Yeah. Either one of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there there was a probably the first 20 years of my life, right? I mean, my my dad raised me to be the you know traditional guy with big air quotes there of, you know, you don't talk about your emotions. You don't feel your emotions. If, you know, you cut your arm off, you get up and rub some dirt on it and keep going. No crying. Um, that's what I grew up with. And that's what I believed all the way up into my 20s. For me, I've now recognized that, um, you know, even just as a guy, I'm a highly sensitive guy. Like I feel my feelings very, very deeply. And I always kind of felt like I was broken, like I was different than everyone else because of um, all of those feelings that I had. Now I just realize I'm really highly sensitive. So it took me, I don't know, it must have taken me probably five years of like, you know, just inching a little bit further and disclosing a little bit more, a little bit more like two, two people, two therapists, uh, to really get comfortable with it. But, but man, when that, when the dam broke and I realized that I could just let all this gush out and people would listen. And when I talk about 
you know, what, what I'm vulnerable on and talk about my feelings and my emotions and I'm struggling, the people I need show up and they help me. It was a long, hard road to get to that point. But yeah, I was raised like that. That, that was, you don't talk about it. Oh, you want to, you, you feel bad. Oh, you want to talk about being loved? Nope. You don't talk about either of them. You don't talk about the good ones either. So it was, it was a difficult road. The fact that it's very generational too is also generational, cultural. You know, I was even talking about, and just keeping it real, I was even talking about just the, you know, being a sexual abuse survivor and how even in, you know, some black communities, some church communities, like people know that someone in the family was an abuser and they pray it away and they don't, you know, they like, it's like, we have to protect our family. Like we handle it and not understanding the detriment that it does to the victim of that. And so it's just like this generational curse that I think that happens that one you said is like, Oh, like guys have to be X, Y, and Z. You have to be strong, rub dirt on it. Don't cry. It's, I use the word ridiculous, but I think that it's it's part of what's wrong with society. And also, you know, it's interesting. I had this thought when you were talking. Why is it that people can talk about other people, talk about other people's problems, like the endorphins release with like the gossip about other people, but they have a really hard time going into a room to talk all of that not so good feeling stuff about themselves? You know what I'm saying? Self-reflection is terribly painful. Right. I mean, how much stuff do we bury deep down? So it's so much easier to talk about somebody else's stuff than than to face your own. What's the Taylor Swift line? Uh, oh, she says something about uh, I can stare directly in the sun, but never directly in the mirror or something like that. Like that line was so powerful. Taylor so it's like, Swift. It's so true. What? Let me find out. You you quoting Taylor Swift. I got Listen, two daughters, oh. man. How do I not quote Taylor Swift? <laughs> oh, I've got. Don't blame I've it got on the six. daughters. Don't even blame it on the daughters. You know, you were the first one to go get those tickets. Don't even. Try. Oh, he did. He did. I got the tickets. I'm going in 16 days with my daughter. <laughs> Wait, do either of you have sons or you just have daughters? Just no, daughter. but. No, but funny, funny thing about what you're talking about, about that, uh, that sort of rub some dirt on it mentality and how deeply yeah. ingrained in this, this is, I had this experience recently that, that blew my mind. I have two daughters, 12 and almost eight years old. And, you know, I, I try to give them all the space in the world when they get emotional and, and all of the things. We were out with some friends and one of them had a young son about their age. We're out hiking on a trail and he like fell or scraped his knee or some, some little thing, but it just became this big emotional thing, right? This big, like sort of outburst. And in the moment, it was so weird. I just, I, I couldn't believe I was, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Sensitive guy. Like I have mm -hmm. in touch with my feelings, making space and helping people with their feelings. This little boy is crying and, and I can't help but think, come on, kid. It's just a scrape. Like, mm -hmm. and the voice was there. And after like three or four thoughts of like, what is the big deal? I finally was like, oh, that's not me. That's generations of programming. What? That's like, it just, it was automatic. And I realized if that was my daughter, I'd be down on one knee, like helping her, like coaching her through the feelings and all the things. Right. But because he was a little boy, I felt this, this hard wiring of, come on, kid, we're just going for a walk. What's the big deal? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like as sensitive as they come. So imagine the people that aren't, right? Imagine the people that aren't in touch with their feelings, don't want to deal with this stuff, don't want to process this stuff. It's just built in and you have to do some hard, just, you know, unpacking to rip that stuff out and stop it. So 
I, you know, I hope it's conversations like this that are helping move the needle on getting away from that kind of thinking. But man, it is, it is just such a part of our DNA that is really hard to deny. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, I also feel like <laughs> a lot of times this happens. You know, just I think it was you, Jeremy, that wrote the article, why you should give zero and embrace me time for better mental health. Wasn't that you, Jeremy? That was me, yeah. <laughs> because it's like, I think that, like to your point, we talk about this generational like way of programming, but we care so much about what other people think that we literally are in some ways programmed to put ourselves last. So what, tell me about, you know, what was that, the catalyst behind that article that you wrote? And we'll, oh. we'll link it so people can read it because it's actually really straight up. Pick a, pick a day, pick a moment when I've pushed myself <laughs> to my list. This happened last night. My daughter had uh, her first cross-country event. So it was this big thing. We're all standing out in the heat all day. We're tired. It's taking hours. I hadn't eaten yet all day, so I started getting grumpy. But, you know, was trying to be, be the good dad, be there, support, all that stuff out to dinner and now she's tired so she's melting down every five minutes at the table and then we come home and th then it's still you know uh, the some electronic thing wasn't working so dad had to fix that dad had to do this dad had to do that i am so bad at recognizing it but the feeling started swelling of when do i get a minute when can mm -hmm. i just whether it's zoning out on my phone you know responding to email like there's stuff i gotta do for me everyone needs me right now and so, so my older daughter accidentally locks the door to the bathroom with my younger daughter in the bathtub and she's in there for like 12 seconds oh. and my wife hears the lock and she's like, are you okay in there? And she didn't respond. And in my mind, I'm like, it's been 10 seconds. What? I'm just going to go unlock the door. It's going to be fine. But she's like yelling at her. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was just like, will you just calm down? She's fine. It's been 10 seconds. And she was just like, how dare you, you monster. You can't talk to me like that. And she was totally right. But what came out of me that, that like, just calm down, you know, uh, outburst was the result of not going, guys, I need a minute. Mm. I'm going to go just somewhere else because I'm so bad at recognizing it until I blow up, do something stupid, and then have to eat crow and, and you know, make up for it. So it's just stuff like that. You, just, you have to be so aware of where you're at mentally, emotionally, especially when you're dealing with family or just other people around when you're just immersed in it and it becomes too much, you got to recognize it sooner and, and just build that muscle or develop the ability to say, I need a minute. Can I please take a break? I'm happy you can normalize that for yourself because I was even talking to friends and I was just like, they're like, Oh, you know, do you feel old now? You know, do you feel 45? And I'm just always like the last few days I'm like physically, yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I can't really do insanity like I did before, but mostly it's, the maturity of my mental space where I'm just, I'm like, if I don't want to do something, I'm not doing that. It, it doesn't mean I'm a horrible person because I'm, I'm just not doing it. And, you know, yeah. and I, and I'm definitely really good at, you know, 
I'm not patting myself on the back because it took me a while to get here, but I'm very good at being, even telling my kids, you know, they're five. And I was thinking this morning, I'm like, if someone says Papa one more time in the span <laughs> of 43 seconds, I'm like, how do you say Papa 90 times? And I answer 86 <laughs> of those questions in 45 seconds. And then I was just like, I just called, I just pulled them over. I was like, hey guys, like, you know, let's change it. I was like, outside looks really great. Why don't you go outside? And they were like, okay. Cause I was just like, I need a minute. It's like when you're hungry, it's like when you're hangry, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. someone's talking to you and you're like, you know what? Let's curb this until I get some food. Like, can you just like, give me that? Minute? And, and I had the same moment that led up to that. Cause I was at a point where I was like, okay, I realized I haven't eaten yet today and I'm getting hungry. And so I had to, I had to speak up for myself and say, guys, I know this could go for another hour. You don't want me here for the next hour. We got to go. Like I'm, yeah. I'm done. This is going to get bad for all of us. If I don't, if we don't get out of here and go feed me and feed them. And that moved us, right? It got us going. So yeah. it is hard. You like, if you're not used to speaking up for yourself and defending that space for yourself, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to, to build that in. I actually spoke about this on a, my podcast, the solo trip that I did to Australia and you know, when you're married, you're like some, you know, you, you have a girl's trip or you have a boy's trip. So I, I want to ask Zach, like, have you ever literally taken a trip on your own that had nothing to do with business, nothing to do with like literally by yourself? You're like, I'm out. Like, have you ever done that? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> you should say that because I think a lot of what prompted Jeremy to write that article may have been uh, what I did a few weeks ago. So I travel all the time for work. And whenever I do do that, like, you know, if I have to go to Ireland for work, like I spend three or four days by myself, like in Dublin or whatever city I'm in, I, I spend time by myself and, and do that. But, uh, what was it? It was about a month ago. I had to go to Miami for work, but instead I went down, I think five days early and went to the Orlando area because my daughter and I love Disney world. We go all the time. We like, we're just there all the time. So I was there in Orlando by myself, you know, kind of looking at some houses, maybe, you know, an investment property because we're there all the time. Just hanging out in the city, going to dinner by myself, getting a table by myself, eating by myself, just spent all this time by myself. And I love doing those things. But the one thing that, that caught Jeremy's eye was um, my schedule freed up on a Sunday. So I had the whole day. So I just went to Disney World by myself. I hit all the parks. I rode all the rides I wanted to ride. I was with kids. Like <laughs> I could have been perceived as the weird, creepy guy. I can see this. Like I can see this, <laughs> you know, sorry, go ahead. That was, <laughs> I can see it though. But yeah, no, I spent the whole day at Disney world by myself. I walked, um, my watch registered about 15 miles, hit all the parks, had a beer, just like enjoyed the whole day by myself at Disney world. So yes, I love doing those things. And uh, I, I actually will carve time out in my calendar to spend those alone times. I actually talked to one of my barbers about this. I was like, um, yeah, you know, I just came back from Australia. And he immediately was like, oh, what did you guys do? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's what I did. And he was like, wait a minute, your husband, like, let you go by yourself? Like, oh, my gosh, like that. Like, my girl would, like, freak out. And I'm like, Why? Like, why do you think people freak out? You're like, I want to go somewhere by myself. Or I should ask you, did your wife like look at you sideways or was she like here for it? 
Well, actually, things have changed since the last time we talked. I don't have a wife anymore. We have okay. We've gone our separate ways, but um, well, always to that, I say congratulations because regardless of whose idea it was, I'm like a better space is made for you. So, oh yeah, no, it, it was that was my idea, and it is a better space, and I am very happy. So, um, but Jeremy um, actually texted me while I was there because he saw I posted a picture on Instagram. And Jeremy called me out. He's like, what the hell? You're at Disney World by yourself? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, that was pure deflection, though, because it's an insecurity of my own that I could never see myself doing that. So I had to bring you down to my level, make you feel shame for doing something that I am not capable of doing. That honesty yeah. about insecurity is everything. Why wouldn't you do it? Would your wife be opposed to you doing that? Oh, she's constantly telling me to get out of the house. I, <laughs> the problem I had, this is like, being real. Like my issue is I don't know myself well enough to go. I got three days to do whatever I want. I'm going to go X, Y, Z. The panic, the minute, like I, we were talking about this the other day. If I wake up on a Sunday morning and there's no plans, family's out of town, it's on me. Panic, sweats. Oh my God, what am I going to do? This is, I have this whole day. There's so many things I could do. And then I get nervous about the missed opportunities, the things I'm not going to do. What would be the best use of my time? What are all the amazing things I could do with this free time? And then I just get overwhelmed and shut down and stay home and play Tetris all day. So it just doesn't work out for me where I can just go, these are the things I want to do. I'm just not there yet, right? That's something I'm, I'm trying to work on. Uh, well, that's I, why I, you should immerse yourself in the experience. You, yeah. Because I was saying how like, even when I went, there were moments throughout the time where I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have to be somewhere. And I'm like, I don't have to be somewhere. I can take a nap. I can go to the gym. I can yeah. walk. I'm actually, I don't want to use the word forcing because that sounds really bad. I'm trying to motivate my husband. I'm trying to motivate Scott to do it because I'm like, uh, you know, I did it. And I'm like, you know, where do you want to go? He's like, oh, I don't know. He's just like, and I think he listens to my podcast. So I'm sure we're going to have a discussion about this discussion. <laughs> but um, I think he is a bit not controlling in like a neg the negative sense of the word of like he's controlling mm -hmm. it's just that he's kind of like you he's like oh I gotta, I gotta make sure the boys are fine i gotta make sure the house is fine i gotta make mm -hmm. sure that you know they take their medicine and he's just like so regimented like that i feel like because even when i did say like maybe you can go here and go here he's like oh yeah you know i guess i could do some work and i'm like I mean, you could if you want to, but no, like leave your hotel and go do something. So maybe you and him should go together. Problem <laughs> solved. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, because, you know, Zach, you shared that you are now a single man. But you wrote an article that's called The Art of Saying No, Why Protecting Your Boundaries is Key to a Happier Life. And knowing that you wrote that article and knowing that you're in a different place in your life. I mean, you are the person, you know, at this moment that we can talk to. And there are a lot of people out there who are in a situation where they know it could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be a friendship. And they just have this thing where they're really having a hard time breaking free from that for whatever reason. So what did you experience? And then, you know, what was the catalyst to give you the power to make that dynamic shift and change yeah um actually the last 18 months have been very interesting for me because um not only did i say no to my marriage i said no to my job at one point too so in a in a six-month window i 
I quit my job with nothing back, nothing behind it. I was just like, you know what? This is the wrong place. This is the wrong people. It's toxic. Um, it's not healthy for me. So I put the boundary up and said no to that. And then six months later, I said no to my marriage um, because it was also toxic. It was unhealthy. It was not a good place for both myself and and my ex, right? We, we were still friends, but it was unhealthy. Um, but man, if you're not used to saying no, if you're not used to putting that boundary up, there's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of negative feelings that go along with saying no, even though at the end of the day, it's like, even if you're just saying no to like not going to a party or not going to something that, that freedom, that ability to not have to do that commitment that you just don't want to do. Uh, it's so freeing for you, but some of the bit, the two bigger ones that I had, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy was my sounding board on far too many times because even though this was my choice, this was my decision, this was my stance to say, no, it's still, it was still a loss. It was mm. still something that changed in my life that made me sad, that made me cry, that made me have to feel these negative feelings of this huge change in my life. And it was pretty painful, you know, saying no. <laughs> Sometimes in the moment, you're going to get that immediate gratification. Like I said, no, yes, this is fantastic. I don't have to go to the party. Sometimes you're going to say no, and it's going to hurt a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, fast forward to now, like, again, I say this all the time on our show. I am the happiest, healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. And a lot of that is because I've said no to these things. So like the power of it is amazing, but it can hurt. It really can. I do know people who are currently in this situation. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Welcome to Sean T's game show and saying no. Love it. Let's do it. Specifically with relationships, how long before you had a conversation of like, this isn't what I want to do or going to work out? Like, how long did you know? With that, I didn't know it was going to work out. Yeah, within new relationships or with my my ex wife, your ex wife. Because I mean, that's the one that's I'm assuming is most painful and has the most you know emotion behind it. Honestly, I stayed in it longer than I should have. I think I knew for about five years before I finally um, ended it. And, and what were the things that made you keep going? So the number one thing was my daughter, right? I wanted her to have both parents. Um, my, my parents divorced when I was six months old and had, the, had that life. So I didn't want her to have that. Um, at the same time, like, we didn't fight. We got along okay. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy knew both of us very, very well. And from all outward appearances, we seemed to be okay. Um, so we were living life okay, and it never got so bad for me that I said I had to cut this. Um, and it took about five years for me to realize that that, that low-level pain, that low-level uncomfortableness, that low-level not being okay built up to a really big not being okay. So it took about five years from the day I realized this is probably not going to work to the day we ended it. So knowing that you're a very caring person and obviously you are selfless in a situation that you want to make sure that everyone's okay, having gone through it and looking back, do you feel like 
this is a really tough question, but like, would you have still waited that long? Like if you could go back and do it again, do you think it was the right way? Or are you like, oh, I wish I would have did this earlier. And the reason why I ask that question is because a lot of people do. Now, I'm not advocating for divorce. I'm advocating for happiness. But there are a lot of people that's like, I'm going to stay in it for the kids. And I just know that me growing up, I didn't have a father. I had a step monster. And like all of the arguing, I used to, I mean, they argued. But I could also tell my mom wasn't happy even if they weren't arguing. So I'm like, does your daughter sense that you're happier? Or you're like, I made the right decision. It's too late now to say you made the wrong decision. But I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So my daughter, I mean, she knew something. Like when we told her, she was like, she was sad and she cried. But then she she got over it really, really fast and was like, hmm, yeah, no, I I think I knew something was up here. Um and, and to your first question though, I don't think I would have done, I don't think I would have left sooner because for those five years, even though I kind of knew it was over, I wanted to make sure I did everything I could possibly do to salvage the situation. Now that took me five years to do everything I could possibly do. But once I realized there's nothing else I can do, there's nothing else I can change. There's no help we can get. There's no, no other thing that we can do to salvage this. And that's when I I was like, okay, it's over. Um, and we need to, we need to walk away. So I wouldn't have changed the timeline just because again, I think I owe it to myself. I owe it to her. I owe it to my daughter. I owe it to the larger family because, you know, like her side of the family is, you know, great people and I love them all, but I owed it to all of us to like, give it a shot and make, try and make it work. Like it's so easy to walk away from those situations when they get tough and hard it's even harder to actually do the work to try and make it work. I'm really enjoying the fact that we're talking about stuff beyond fitness, <laughs> regardless of whether you're a male or a female. It's not often that I think people really, the majority of people get to have conversations like this and like hear it from outside perspective. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I did want to bring up one other thing before I switch to something a little more lighter, but I think this is important. I just want to talk about boundaries. You know, you've been through that. And then also, I just think that like a lot of people don't know how to decide, okay, this is enough for me. You got a divorce in a way of you're like, you know, I'm gonna give it my arm, whatever. But there's also like some people who their boundaries are completely being stepped over. And how do you guys deal with boundaries? Even Jeremy, I love how 
you're very honest, like, yeah, like I was a monster by saying, you know, my daughter's going to be okay in the bathroom for 10 seconds. Like, how do you guys manage like the boundary situation with people? There's a couple stories I can tell. One was from this week where, you know, I was dealing with a client who was really upset, didn't like the way that, you know, business was being run. You know, I, I went into it trying to to be the hero, trying to save the relationship, not offer the refund to do all the things. And the cost of that was taking his verbal abuse for nearly an hour, just screaming horrible obscenities at me at the phone. Like I tried to own every part of my responsibility and he just unloaded on me. And it took me two and a half days to get over that. Like just the abuse that I took from this person. So the lesson learned was, you know, no amount of money, no, no corporate relationship is worth doing that to your mental health. The bigger, more significant story was when my family decided to leave America and move to Canada. Um, my wife was born in Canada, coincidentally, and never really lived here, lived here as, you know, for a, as a kid for a couple of years, but was born to American parents who just happened to be here. So it had been floating around in the back of her head forever, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to live in Canada? And I sort of laughed like, haha, we're never doing that. But you know, there we were living in very expensive Seattle, trying to make ends meet with a house that constantly needed some sort of repair, grinding away, sitting in traffic for hours every day, just feeling like, man, we are not getting anywhere. Meanwhile, dropping our kids off at school every day, wondering if it was the last day we were ever going to see them because, you mm. know, was, was our school next. And through a number of, you know, local, national, global events, we finally just went, that's enough. This is not, this is not what we are here for. There's some, there's a better opportunity out there. And this was in the middle of COVID. So my wife had lost her job. I was totally burned out on my job. And we just went, let's just take a leap. You were talking about that, this recently. Take a leap. There's got to be something better out there. We have to jump and hope that the net appears. And that leap was do some research, figure out what works, what looks like it's going to be a good fit for us. Went to literally the house two doors down from where I am today lived there for a month and fell in love with this community. I'm surrounded by mountains. I'm surrounded by nature. I absolutely love this place. But we decided in that house, that's enough. We, we can't live like that anymore. We need to build a life of intention and not one that we just sort of stumbled into. And it took six months of planning and selling our house, getting rid of everything we owned and, you know, jumping in a U-Haul and crossing the border. But, and, and, nightly crying in my kids' bedrooms, you know, trying to get them to sleep and just, you know, worrying, am I making the right choice? I'm ripping them away from their family, ripping them away from everyone they know, everything they've ever known. Is it going to be worth it on the other side? And every morning I wake up and I look outside and go, oh my God, yes. Like every, every day is an absolute gift because it's one that we built. It's something that we, this is the life we want to live. And our kids are thriving. Like we're doing great. Again, happiest, healthiest I've ever been. All because I made this huge decision to just go, everything you know is done. Start over. And and I, I have zero regrets about it. So recognizing those boundaries, recognizing when like, this is just not worth it anymore. I got to do something else. I got to say no to things. I don't think I've ever made that choice about anything and regretted it. Where are you in Canada? <laughs> I'm about an hour and a half east of Vancouver in a small town called Chilliwack. I'm literally surrounded by mountains on three sides. Oh, wow. Okay. It's beautiful. We talked about a lot today. Because you've been on the show before, I'm not going to ask you what trust and believe means to you. But I definitely want to ask each of you, like, if you can give people a lesson in 
just like transitioning into a better place because clearly both of you have done that like what would that message be we'll start with zach i probably sound like a broken record talking about this but it's you know a couple of things being really curious about who you are and looking at your your own beliefs and really trying to sort out which ones are limiting beliefs um we were all programmed you know at early age with all these beliefs these things like men don't cry men aren't emotional and it hurts to look at these things inside of your your brain like i so many nights spent crying just thinking about this one thing that i believed about myself that i had to question i had to ask myself what if it's wrong what if i'm not right about this mm. um so being okay being comfortable with being wrong about something and really looking at those beliefs that we really do hold dear because we will protect them. We will keep them really close. But what if they're wrong? What if they're holding you back? What if that's the one thing that's like preventing you from taking that next step and the three steps and the 10 steps to being really happy and healthy? Um, that's the one thing I really want to encourage people is get super curious about what you believe, what you're thinking, and really do like as unbiased as you can ask yourself, what if this is wrong? What if there's another truth that's going to serve me better? And, you know, a lot of times you'll come back and you'll say, you know what? No, this is the right truth. This yeah. is what I believe. And I like this and this is good. But every now and again, you're going to find that little thing that's just going to 360 degree your life. Um, so just be okay with that. Be okay with it. Be comfortable with it because it's a little painful. But on the other side of that pain is just so much joy and happiness. Love that. Jeremy? I think taking the next step in that process, and it's something I work with people on all the time. I, I get asked all the time, what do you think would happen if I, would it work if I tried the, every time I tell them, you got to just try. We can sit here and guess and wonder all day long. And in three or six or, you know, 12 weeks when we we're still guessing and wondering, you could have tried six different ways to do it and found out which one it was that was going to work. So just wonder less and try more. Just you can't let the the what ifs get in the way. You got to just try stuff and throw things against the wall and something's going to stick and it's going to work and it's going to blow your mind. And I would so much rather, I tell my kids this all the time, you are going to regret the things you don't try a hundred times over the times, the things that you do and fail. Like, yeah. You got to just try things no matter what it is. Give it a shot. I always say like, if you ask, if you ask yourself, what if too many times you're reminding yourself that you're staying stagnant, you're wanting to change, but you're not doing anything to change. You're just questioning the change. So what if more than once as a reminder that you're not taking action on doing something to make even a small change yeah. guys, thank you so much for coming back on the show i appreciate it thank you so much it's such a thrill to be here yeah it's so fun <laughs> <laughs>